Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another journey through the multi-lens. I'm your host, Kay Salozzi. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully everybody's doing good. Today, I want to introduce you guys to this special guest that I have on today. He's gotten his bachelor's degree and master's degree at OSU, so he's one of us. You know, he's part of the club. He's an OSU alumni. Uh, he has a bachelor's degree in economics and a master's degree in public policy. And on the side, he does a little Bollywood acting. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, this is my dear brother, uh, Yusuf Alozi. Yusuf, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on. I decided to have you come to the show because, honestly, me and you, we have some great conversations. Honestly, wallahi, wallahi, for all you guys out there, means I swear to God that when me and my brother are kicking it, uh, we spend 90% of the time laughing and joking and, and having battle wits. So uh, thank you, brother, for being so, you know, funny and witty. <laughs> thank you, man. <laughs> um, but uh, today's episode, we want to talk about um, this book that my brother has gotten published. Congratulations. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm super excited. And uh, we just kind of want to talk about a little bit of it and a little review of it, maybe a summary, no spoilers or anything like that. But we kind of want to, you know, bring up what the book is. And we're not trying to go read it word for word, but, you know, as much information as you want to give us. Chapter one. Yeah. yeah. Line one. There you go. <laughs> I was walking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do all that, but we would definitely love for you to give us a little insight on, you know, what, what the, what the good old book is. So without further ado, could you please tell us what the name of the book is? Yeah, sure. So the name of the book is called the better one. Okay. And it's being published by blue cactus press. Nice. Should be out at the end of July. Okay. Um, like July 21st. It's called the better one, the better one, the better one. Yeah. So, um, well, let's start there. What, what made you come up with that title? So I'm sure most of your listeners know this, or some of them do at least Bedouin is kind of like what we call tribesmen. Okay. In Jordan, the middle you East, know, I know in the middle East. Yeah. yeah. We're from Jordan. Right, right. Sure yeah, a lot of us, uh, some, yeah, mostly if they've listened to the first three episodes, they'll know <laughs> yeah. that I'm from Jordan. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things interesting about Bedouin culture is they tend to move around. And that's okay. something that's kind of been lost, you know, in modern day civilization. Mm. Um, but I thought it was really good for the book because this book deals with me reconnecting with my family and moving around and like actually putting down roots in the United States. Uh-huh. So the title, which was something different for a very long time, right. didn't really come to me until, and I don't want to give too much away because mm. th there's really key passages in there that mm. will help expound on. You can spoil us a little bit, <laughs> just not spoiled rotten. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's a, it's kind of my journey through reconnecting with my family, reconnecting with my heritage, mm. um, being able to see my father for the first time my experiences when I went to Jordan for the first time. So just a little background about me. I mean, yeah. for it to make a little more sense, please, um, I was going to say, could you please clarify the reconnection part? Yeah. So when I was young, my dad and my mom divorced and I lived with my mom and she, me and my brother, my, our other brother. So there's three yeah. brothers all together. Right. We all, we have the same father. Yeah. So, I lived with my mom. She got remarried, changed our names. 
um, to something that, you know, was a little more American. Yeah. So she said, you know, for a long time, to be honest with you, I was kind of ashamed of my heritage. Mm. The fact that I'm an Arab American. What does that mean? Uh, you know, 9-11 happened when I was just like in my 20s. I'm not going to say the stereotypes didn't exist before that, but they certainly hit a peak around that time. And I think they've stretched on out from a really like 30,000 foot view. I think the story tries to kind of tie into a voice, adding the Arab American voice to a really a history here in the United States that's replete with, you know, people of color being discriminated against. And yeah. the book really looks at that and it looks at, you know, the story itself is separate from kind of the themes. Should I spoil it a little bit? I mean, hey, we, uh, you know, <laughs> just give us enough of a cliffhanger to want to buy it. But still, you. you know, just get us in there. But, but before we go into that, yeah, I do want to explain to the listeners a little bit about our how you and I reconnected, because I think we just threw to them a nice little curveball with oh, the yeah. whole um, <laughs> uh, talking about, you know, us having you know, the same father and how you were young, but you kind of skipped from, you know, you were raised with your mom and your name got changed to you being 20. So I just want to kind of talk a little bit about prior to that. And just for the listeners sake, back in 2009, uh, me and my brother Yusuf reconnected. Yeah. We knew about dad. You're right. I was going to say. We didn't know about yeah. you. Oh, we didn't know about me. Okay. So me and him reconnected. We met over the summer and we, we're going to do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, uh, we should. You know, we will. And we'll go into details. It. We can call dad. And we can call all of the parties involved and, and they can give their piece on it. Um, but I'm trying to give you guys a little bit of a background of how me and my brother connected. Because um, I never mentioned that in any of the podcasts. Yeah. Because to me, my brother's been my brother since yeah. I can remember. Same here. You know, I mean, I, I know that you've only known about me when you were older, but I knew you guys from uh, as long as I can remember. I guess what I'm saying is we're making the distinction for people that are listening, but yeah. like for us, there's not one. Right, right, right. And this is a lot of this is mainly for you guys. Um, so now that they understand yeah. that you reconnected and how you reconnected yeah. with the family, now it makes a little bit more sense your title, the Bedouin. Yeah. Because Bedouins do move around. They do. Right. Yeah. And they're a little bit, but they're a little bit different than nomads, you know? Nomads, I feel like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, let's look up. I mean, what I mean, does I a nomad mean? I don't know the difference between the two, but the point I think was just that, you know, our culture, where it comes from. It says a, a, a nomad, a member of a people having no permanent abode and who travel from place to place to find fresh pasture for their livestock. I mean, that sounds like a Bedouin, but I still feel like Bedouins stay in the same place because our family has stayed. Yeah, you know, and it, it, the, for uh, like a hundred years or one hundred fifty years, they moved. I mean, it wasn't like that. There was no Jordan, Saudi Arabia. It right. was just big cities, right? And they were from some city in northern Saudi Arabia. Yeah, well, what, current day Saudi Arabia, and and I guess they moved to Jordan for for whatever reason. But let's see what a Bedouin means. Bedouin, a nomadic Arab of the desert. <laughs> so that's great. That's great. All right. We can just cut this. No, no. no. I'm going to keep it. That was some nice entertainment there for the listeners. Um, okay. So yeah, nomads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, back to the title, because you went from here and then you went in. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. So there's more to it than just that. I think really there's a lot of ties to heritage and culture that come throughout. And what I was kind of getting around to saying before is, you know, 
our country has a pretty long history of, um, well, let's just say like this, when there's, when war is concerned, civil rights sometimes get thrown out the door. Right. And I don't think that, you know, a lot of times people, especially nowadays think that, you know, we're past that or that that would never happen in today's time. Right. But the story, which I think is the only way to connect the people is through the, through the written word. So tying it all back together, basically it's heritage, it's culture, it's moving around. It's all those three things. And then it's experiencing. So it's a nonfiction story. Okay. I probably should have led with that. Uh, I like to write nonfiction pretty exclusively. I'm an editor at red Fez. Shout out to red Fez. Red Fez. What's up? <laughs> If you have some, you know, nonfiction stories out there, if any of the listeners, you know, submit to us. But yeah, there's a lot of ties to heritage and culture and just like raising it. Like, what does that mean to a person? Mm. What does that mean to someone growing up? I know it's everyone's different in the United States, but we all represent, you know, and I'm doing American in quotes. Yeah. So I just wanted to read a little quote to you. Real please, quick. please. And that's kind of what started it. Okay. Okay. The great strength of the totalitarian state is that it forces those who fear it to imitate it. Okay. That was written by Adolf Hitler. Wow. And one of the interesting things about it is the United States, I mean, if you, and I keep hitting on this history thing, but this, this is all ties in with Be the Bedouin. The United States history has a lot of times where war, conflict, really we've thrown civil rights out the door. You know, we've had people in in camps. Yeah. You know, there's people that were sad. Yeah. That were discriminated against. I mean, we, there was slavery in this country. Um, so our history it's is upsetting is pretty, pretty replete with these things. And I just felt like getting my story out there from the nine 11 experience and then connecting with my family and what that meant back here in the United States, not only just there, like everybody wants to meet their family. Right. And I felt like that too. I want to know who my dad was, mm -hmm. who my brother was, my sister, you know, everybody. And being able to reconnect with them and know a heritage. Cause you know, I grew up where there was a part of me that I was kind of ashamed of, if I'm being real with you. Okay. And so let me ask you this. You knew all your whole life that you were of Middle Eastern descent? Yeah. Okay. How how old were you when your parents, when dad and, and your mom split? So I was, about, I'm sorry to bring up these personal no, things, good. but I feel like it, it ties into what we're talking about. It's all good. I, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm going to have to anyway. I mean, I write about it. Yeah. It's easier to write about it than to speak <laughs> about it, but I was like two years old. Okay. So growing up, did your mom tell you about your heritage, I guess, or, or so what now, the other half of you was, or did yeah. they want to raise you or did she want to raise you hundred percent American? With no ties. And I don't mean that in, in, in a bad way. Being American is great. I'm half American, too, because my mom's also from America. Yeah. I love it. But what I'm trying to get at is, it, did your mom try to not teach you about how to be, that you were Middle Eastern of any sort? Yeah. And I think that I write about that in a lot of my stories okay. is that, you know, the question of what is American because you feel like, or at least I was raised to feel like, yeah. if you weren't of a certain bend mm. then you weren't necessarily american mm. and you know as a kid it's a, it's a it's a difficult thing to try to reconcile right and it took me a long time and the journey kind of really peaked with me going to jordan mm. and meeting my family and reclaiming my heritage I, my name was changed when i was like seven eight years old yeah. so getting my name back was an important thing for me before we fast forward to you being an adult growing up 
at what point did you realize that you were Middle Eastern, that you had Middle Eastern heritage or your father was Middle Eastern? So, you know, now that I'm grown, I can, I'll tell this story and not feel as bad about it. It's still kind of, you know, personal, but I'll let you in on this. Okay. I knew that I, that my name was Yusuf Alozi. Okay. I mean, it was on my birth certificate, mm. but I remember I kept my birth certificate hidden in my closet. And so young teen, 10, 11, I mean, nine, I mean, I mean, as how old I remember, I remember as a kid, mm. this is what I'm getting to writing my name, Yusuf Alozi in books and stuff. Oh, okay. So it goes all the way back. Okay. I remember going and get my name changed mm. and I write a little bit about that in the story kind of prefaces the story with that. I'm not trying to repeat my question, but what I'm trying to pinpoint is what, what do you remember a specific time where you realized, Hey, you know, I have part of me is middle Eastern. I was always there. I just don't think it was just something I tried to repress. So you knew as a child. Yeah. I knew as a child. You were Arab. Yeah. But somebody had to have told you. Yeah. I mean, so was my, your mom, my did mom your mom let you me. know what happened? Yeah. Okay. I mean, roughly as much as a kid can understand, you know, Yeah. I always knew from the time I was a kid, okay. as far as I can remember, that part of me was Arab. Oh, okay. So I, mean, I just, maybe dad just did have something. that much influence on you in the first two years that they were together, that you might have had that going. I mean, I'm not sure. Realizing. Yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to, to so what, I, what I'm trying to get at is that it's interesting to realize that you've, you had such a, you know, unique take on this in life. And what I mean by unique, I mean, yes, there's ups and downs, but it's, it's unique to you Yeah, that you were Middle Eastern raised completely outside of yeah. the Middle Eastern culture. Yeah. And how would you realize, have realized that you were. I, I hate to say different, but, you know, you had that a, a different culture than the people that were around you. Well, you don't know what your culture is. I mean, you or, know I'm it by sorry, name. but like like your, I guess, uh, race. I mean, yeah. uh, I feel like, you know, you know what your race. skin color is. You know what your culture is. You just right. don't understand it. So you could tell that you were different than everybody around you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was raised in a town where there was predominantly white. Okay. And, you know, black people. Not a lot of Hispanics. Not not too many Hispanics. So people didn't mistake you for Hispanic. Oh, all, all the time. Oh, they that's did. what most okay. people yeah. assumed. Same. Um, and I I would I'd be lying if I didn't tell you there were parts times in my life where I didn't just go with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just really an inner inner battle of figuring all this stuff out and kind of reclaiming my heritage and my culture, and that's where the better one comes in, and it's kind of the story of that journey. But what I've been trying to get to without fast forwarding too much is after that trip wow. coming back, I was, and, and I don't want to spoil it too much, but I was um, interrogated by the FBI. After you came back from Jordan for the first time? No. Or you had gone a I couple had times? Gone a couple times, yeah. And so. But they said um, they've been trying to catch up with me since the beginning. Really? Yeah. So what I'm saying is it makes you, it just reinforces all those things that I grew up ashamed of. Like, mm. why would these people be here? What do they want? And maybe it was just for Intel. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty bizarre. I'm not going to go into details of the, the interview because you got to read the book to see how it went. Oh, okay. So that's in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's in the book. <laughs> um, 
All right, so kind of talk to us. Uh, let's let's talk about an experience maybe that you've had um, in the Middle East and here that ties into some of the some of the book. And I kind of maybe want to start with maybe your first experience as an adult. You know, you and I, you know, we met up in April, I think. Yeah, April or May. That sounds um, right. And then you came to Jordan in like July or something like that. Yeah, that same year. And I remember t- the whole time I was hanging out, um, which I had a fun time. Me too. It, it, it was it was so weird because it was like I went from Dallas, Texas to McMinnville, Oregon, um, <laughs> which was odd. A very big change. Um, so I was kind of stunned about that. But I was more than stunned that I was like actually with you guys. Right. Well, it's also you guys stu- were. It, yeah. It's also stunning that we grew up not really that far away from each other. Not really. Yeah. Because you know? I made the same Dallas to, to so, McMinnville trip. You, what years were you in uh, Texas? So all my li- for first 21 years of my life. So in from 1997. 1981 to 2001. Really? So 97. I remember clearly. Right where, where were you living? In Texas? In what year? In 97. Yeah. Like I was in high school. Far from Dallas? No. Not even that far. That's what I'm saying. It's That's a trip. crazy. And, wh- and I know I just said 20 years, but it's actually, I was, it was like 20 years and eight months or something like that. Mm. I say you just round it up to 21. The the years sound odd when I say 81 to 2001. It sounds like 20 years, but it was almost 21 years. So, okay. <laughs> um, so, okay. Somebody's out there right now saying that just sounds like 20 years. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was like, wait a second. But yeah, thanks for the clarification. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back at it. You can cut this out. Cut <laughs> out. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, so anyway, so the span of 20 years yeah. is the last thing we were talking about. Yeah. And what I wanted to tie back around. Yeah. The reason I gave you that quote is, you know, I know it's kind of shock value. Right. But it is interesting to think about like ISIS does exist. Okay. But that doesn't define who Arabs are. Right. You know, they're their own radical wing of things. And, you know, 99% Arabs don't prescribe to that. Right. Less included. Right. Yeah. More. I mean, like 99.999. Yeah. So tiptoeing around the room and not addressing that head on. Yeah. You know, people wonder, you know, when I fly, mm-hmm. me and my wife, okay, we don't speak Arabic on the plane. And there's a reason for that. Right. I just wanted to hit it straight on head on and say, look, I understand that there's some stereotypes. I know that there's some people that, you know, have done some really bad things and that they're Arabs, but that doesn't define who we are. Right. And so it's just interesting to me when you tie that quote in and you think about how the United States, us, our country, I mean, it's our country too, but how they reacted to some of the things, especially after 9-11. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Especially after 9-11, you know, that word, that terrorist word got tossed around a lot. And I mean, in some places it still does, Mm. but that doesn't define who we are. That's not part of our culture that's not part of our society you know and as americans we identify just like any other american on the street yes so the u.s's reaction to that having to go and talk to the fbi was one terrifying two 
it just was seemed like it was an extreme reaction to something that, you know, I'm going to meet my family for the first time to reclaim my culture, something I've been afraid of for so long, something I've repressed and tried not to associate with myself, tried not to associate myself with. Then you go, you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel it. This is who I am. This is part of who I am. This is my family and this is my culture and it's okay. And it's okay to be this. I'm an American too. And then boom, you get hit with an FBI interrogation. That, that, that's pretty, pretty uh, strong statement. It's a pretty strong statement. And you know, I feel like it's just an overreaction. Yeah. So, and it's not just me. Uh-huh. Like it's something that I know is spoken amongst Arabs in certain circles about having to deal with the FBI. People coming. Asking, you know, what's this? What's that? What are you doing? Where are you going? Right. But nobody likes to come out and say it because as soon as you say something, that gets you associated with that. Right. And that's almost impossible to wash off. You haven't done anything. And you haven't done anything. Yeah. So saying that by itself gets people. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just that word, that quote, all that stuff ties together. And I think it's just important. What I was saying from the start was. It's just to add our voice to the list of minorities, people of color that have encountered, you know, discrimination in the United States. And I know somebody's out there saying this just sounds like somebody else bleeding heart. No, everybody, everything's, you know, normal now and it's never been more equal in the United States. And I would say, look, this is why I write. Like read a story from other people, see other people's perspectives. Yeah. Um, especially women, people of color, um, LGBTQ plus, you know, there's other perspectives out there outside of the mainstream, although it's becoming more mainstream, it's not nearly where it needs to be. Um, that's why I write. I mean, that's the whole point of, of writing is to add that voice. Do you mention in the book that that's how you deal with no, some so of these issues? I don't explicitly mention it. I mean, you know, a part of telling a story is to keep the stories first. Right. Yeah. So all that other stuff, this is just themes that run throughout it. You know, it's, um, it's tough for me to try to put myself in your shoes. And what shocks me about the whole overreaction is I can't imagine how tough it was knowing and being raised as an American, never seeing, never being part of the middle Eastern culture until, you know, late in your 20s being interrogated as if you're a foreigner i know that's a thing and that's kind of what the story i'm not trying to say interrogated maybe interrogated is the wrong word being interviewed i don't i don't know the i don't know the difference between the two it sure felt like an interrogation to me (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i guess i'm trying to make it sound you know because luckily here in our great country in america we there are people that come to our defense and i'm glad that there are people that do try to understand and put themselves in our shoes and be more diverse and stuff like that. But I'm fortunate the, the, the 1% that don't ruin it for the rest. Yeah. That's a tough situation. And I don't know how to fix something like that. I'm not making a prescription. I just think it's important that these stories are told that people get their stories out there, especially people of color, minorities, um, it's important to pay attention to their story. So is there anything else you want to tell us about the book? No, I just, uh, want when's you, it coming out again? It's coming out July 21st. How could people get to it? Yeah. So you can either go to uh blue cactus press. Okay. 
um.com their website you can jump up on twitter hit me up at j underscore lozy okay you can follow lozy out a l l o u z i so it's j underscore underscore a l l yep o u z i z as in zebra okay <laughs> thanks for that and, i always use that one too it's funny <laughs> all right keep going yeah you can hit me up on there you can get on facebook I'll have the link on my face. You know, any social media platform. You're on Twitter a lot. I'm on Twitter. I'm you know, on Facebook. We should we should introduce him to Instagram. <laughs> now, I know you have an Instagram, but you're probably not on it. I'm much. never on it. Well, I, give us uh, give us the Instagram uh, handle, and that way you'll evolve your uh, social <laughs> media platforms into so more. Hit, yeah, you can hit me up on the gram. On the gram, the kids. Say. Okay, no, it's the gram. On the gram. Yeah. Y dot Alozi. Okay. So Y dot A-L-L-O-U-Z-I. That's right. Z like zebra. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate any support out there. You know, yeah. Blue Cactus Press is, it's not like, you know, one of the, the top publishers in the country, but hey, I really man. like working with them. It's more. You're going to uh, make them the top publisher of the country. Yeah. Please. We, we would really appreciate um, any support. Yeah. I, um, it's, I still haven't even got a copy. Well, Which is good because I was able to ask you questions without, you know, maybe forcing you to say something more than you want to or letting out something more. So I'm, I was glad to do this about your book. Well, it's um, always right in that line between you want to, you want people to go check it out. And I want to tell you these stories. Trust me, if you get it, I think you'll really be entertained. I, there's a lot more to it than what we've went into, mm-hmm. but you know, I just want to, I don't want to lose you. Mm. But at the same time, I don't want to tell you the whole story. So you're right, right. Chapter no. one, line one. <laughs> so, so check it out, guys. See what you guys think, and give him some feedback, and get him on the gram. Yeah, get me like on the, the rest gram. of us. And uh, <laughs> no, no, you know, I, I love Twitter. I hit usually on use, Twitter. Hit him up on Twitter. That's probably where I'll be the most responsive. Yeah. There you go. So for the second part of our show, I actually want to introduce Yusuf Alozi as our new co-host. What's up, everyone? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be here, man. I hope that uh, we can have some good conversation. Yeah, man. You know, I I definitely want next episode to kind of talk about a little bit more about our reconnection. Also, next week, we want to talk about some more of Yusuf's experience with yeah. the back and forth and uh, going back and, and, and going to Jordan for the first time. And, and uh, it was definitely, an, definitely an experience for us, too. You know, even though I was living in Jordan, you know, prior to that, um, 10 years. And so um, I would definitely love to hear your take on it. Love to. Yeah. Everybody, make sure you uh, wash your hands, wear a mask. Once again, I'm your host of Through the Multi Lens. Thank you for coming on to this journey. Please have a good day, and I'll see you next week.